Hello and welcome to Let's Get For Real, a podcast all about cats and dogs and what they mean to us. I'm Susan Michaels, the creator of the two biggest events in the world celebrating pets and pop culture, CatCon and Cat Art Show. This week on Let's Get For Real, we talk with Brian Taylor. He is known as the dog father of Harlem, and he owns the Harlem Doggy Day Spa. To date, he has groomed, I'm not kidding, over 6,000 dogs. That's a lot of doggies, big and small. He is this multifaceted, wonderful, and really just giving human being. He is gracious, sympathetic. He's really the epitome of hope and good vibes personified. Since the onset of the pandemic, he has lost 80% of his business, his regular business, I should say. And I understand that. I had to pivot myself and it's a hard thing to figure out. And there's a lot of time of reflection. But for Brian, instead of being all freaked out and going into sort of a woe is me pity party, he just sort of stopped and reflected and thought, how he was going to help his fellow man who share their lives with the doggy set. On this episode, we talk with Brian about what inspired him to create the Pandemic Pup Relief Tour, which is on GoFundMe. It's hitting six cities across the U.S. to offer free grooming services to people in need. Here's our podcast with Brian. And by the way, full disclosure, the sound quality isn't the best on this particular episode. Brian was recording this from his doggy day spa and you can hear some of the hustle and bustle of the shop in the background, and a few doggies too. Just wanted to let you know. Brian, AKA the dog father. Thank you for being with us today. The dog father Harlem. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time out to chat with me about some of the causes that we're, we're looking to do. I want to start with giving everybody a little bit of backstory on you. I read that you used to be in banking. Yes, yes. I was a personal banker for J.P. Morgan Chase. That's what brought me to New York. And my job was to help small businesses in terms of cash flow, payroll services, merchant services. So basically, I had to walk around Harlem and knock on small businesses' doors and see what needs that they would need for their small business. So that was my job. So um, I loved it. I, I did it for like uh, four years out of college and I found a lot of success. And, you know, that kind of helped me in, in understanding how small businesses work. How did you end up going into the dog grooming business? What's the segue? I honestly wanted to invest in uh, individual uh, that wanted to open a, a dog business. One day she actually walked into the uh, the uh, bank and I saw with a bunch of dogs and I was like, hey, what do you do? And she told me she was a dog walker and she also grew dogs. I was like, oh, that's cool. I wanted to learn more about it. So I started uh, volunteering my time walking dogs and understanding how she operated. And then one day I sat her down and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking to invest. I think the community needs a pet services in Harlem. And that's how we started. We started just offering grooming and a little bit of dog walking services. And then it just kind of blew up. But originally when I was doing my business plan, when I realized that I wanted to do something in the pet industry, I always wanted to open a pet food supply because I thought that people would always buy food. But when she told me, that the services is the best way to go. I, I was all the way in helping her in the beginning. 
what were the deficiencies in where you were living in terms of the broader scope of New York? You said there was, a, you know, that need in Harlem specifically. Yes. So there's, there's this notion that African-Americans don't love animals or they don't take care of animals the same way as other races. And I told my good friend at that time, who was also in banks, he's like, you know what, this service would probably do well downtown. But every time I walk around and, and look for a business for the bank, I just saw a bunch of African-Americans with dogs. And I would ask them where they would take their dogs. And they'll say, oh, I take it to 96th Street. So we had 146th Street. So right. technically, they had to travel 50, 50 blocks. Cannot, yeah, so basically, that was my thing. I'm like, they got to be a need here. And when they started telling me that, hey, you know what, I take it to 96th Street, or I take it to the Bronx, or I take it to other places, that's when I knew there was a need. And I wanted to make sure I uh, satisfied that niche that the, the community needed at that time. And what year was that around? This was actually 2009 when we started to kind of look at what to do. And then uh, a year later, we opened up the business in 2010 in November. So a whole year of researching and volunteering and connecting with uh, the individual that we first started the business with helped me understand that the need and, um, you know, for the community was around pet services. It sounds like that background in, in banking and working with small businesses served you well to get you started in, into, into really doing it strategically and smartly. Yes, it definitely did. And the, the funny thing is, it took us about four months to find a commercial space. And I honestly got the commercial space because one of my managers, manager in the bank, husband owned a brownstone with a commercial space at the bottom. And that location was actually one of a client that I was trying to pitch bank and service to. And I kind of understood her business model and it did not work for the uh, community. So I reached out to her, I was like, if you ever decide to leave this space or things don't work out, I would love to connect and see if I can take over the space as a sublease. But when I met the owner of the building and he said his wife worked at J.P. Morgan Chase, I literally went into our contact list at the bank and I emailed that, hey, I want to open a business. I work at J.P. Morgan Chase. I know you're one of my managers. Can I please talk to you and share my, uh, my concept? And when I see bankers to bankers connect really well, she loved my idea and she said she would talk to her, her husband. And that's how we're able to get the space because they believed in what I wanted to do. So that's a back-end story that most people don't know about. So I'm telling you from the beginning. Because at that time, a lot of landlords didn't understand dog business. Mm -hmm. And they felt like dog business would damage their commercial space. I, I totally, yeah. I mean, that's a problem that cascades into renting apartments. You know, I, I, I'm sure it's the same in New York as in Los Angeles. It's that if you want to bring a dog in, there's an additional fee or they don't allow dogs and cats at all, which is really a problem. Uh, you know, like at, at one point I thought about, with the pandemic, I'm like, I want to go someplace else. I don't know where I want to go. But as soon as I click the boxes for dogs and cats, the availability might go from 100 down to 20. So, you know, that seems to be prevalent, whether it's commercial real estate or, or personal real estate. And you know, the funny thing is, in the world I live in, a lot of pet parents who own dogs make higher income. They're more responsible. They can do more. They can afford the more expensive apartment. But I've noticed in real estate lately, because uh, I also have a real estate background, 
a lot of, you know, Risa company are dog friendly now, and they're really catered towards dog friendly apartments. So I think that is changing. And unfortunately, what they do have, you have to pay a deposit, or you're going to have a certain type of breed there, are still there. But overall, I think it's changing, and a lot of new developers are building space, and they're connecting with dog-related business to make it an amenity-style service. I've been reading up on on a lot about that, and that's one of the platforms we want to jump in in the future to offer amenity services as part of the whole building makeup. So things are changing. The world is changing, and um, all these dogs that we have are part of our lives, so people are trying to find ways to kind of embed them into our daily living. Well, I mean, and if you think about it, barring the recent pandemic situation, which we'll go into a little bit more in a bit, is that pets create community. You go out with your dog and you interact with another dog owner or you go to a dog park, it promotes the communal aspect. And now pets are being seen more not as pets, but as family members. So to me, there's a huge opportunity for the development of the community and to your point of being a condo or a building environment that has, you know, so many of them have gyms, right? So why not have an element for the animal as well? Yeah, you're 100% right. And so you're the fact that it's 89 million dogs and there's a lot more cats. So they're part of our livelihood. And during this time when social distancing was so important, the most important thing that we needed to do, and most of our pals, our pets are by our side, when we can be around humans. So psychologically, when, you know, as a business owner, I love 80% of my business, just being able to work with animals really helped me think through my problems and really was there for me so I didn't feel depressed or emotional bothered by all the news that was happening in the last four months. So I can imagine for those individuals who don't have anyone, they live on their own. You know, I've noticed, I was reading an article that a lot more people adopted pets during this um, pandemic. A lot of dogs were rescued during this pandemic because people just need companionship. And that's how pets are to us in our lives. They are companionship. They give us something to do. So imagine you're stuck in a home and now you get a chance to walk your dog for a half hour and still have something to do instead of waking up every morning, getting on Zoom, eating the same food, and, and uh, not being able to do anything beyond. So it was an excitement to go out and walk your dog. So that's how embedded dogs are in our lives. So I want to take um, a little bit of a step back. And I, I noticed in reading your Instagram that there was somebody that really had an impact on your life and career. And that was Dr. Julia Butler. Dr. Butler used to be my client uh, when I was in banking. And, and at that time, I used to help her with her bank account. She needed help in terms of getting more uh, merchant services, more employee uh, in terms of capital. So one day I sat her down, I like, Dr. Butler, I know you in the veterinary industry and it's totally different than what I wanted to get to, but I wanted to see if you can give me some advice. I met someone that does animal care and I wanted to partner up with her. And she said, Brian, is a rewarding field. You're helping people, you're connected. If you want to go ahead and do that, go ahead and do that and help. Just be the outside person. She was my support system. Any questions, any concern on how I wanted to move the business, she gave me advice. She educated my staff 
whenever I hire someone, I send them over to her because she was like two blocks away. And then if something happens with my pup or if a dog needs vaccination or if there was an emergency, I can always call her. And she was there, so she was my mentor. So it really affected me because she's been in business for over 30 years. And basically, I saw a mirror version of her to me. So when she died, it hurt me like, damn, she's been doing this for so long. And I've always thought it's time for her to retire and do other things. But she loved what she did so much. And now she's gone. It really affected me as being a 37-year-old man and been in this business for uh, 12 years that I need to make sure that I have an exit plan and focus on what I love in the industry. And then what I don't love, um, just kind of carve that out of the way. And what I love the most is dog grooming and helping people. So that's what's been my business model um, that I'm working on for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I was reading about her and how seminal she was in veterinary care in, in New York and was co-founder of the New York Save Animals Veterinary Group. And, and for people that are listening, they provided emergency care, if I'm right, they provided emergency care for low-income people, because that's one of the most expensive things is when, you know, your animal needs emergency care and it, you don't know what it could be as far as costs. Yeah, Dr. Butler was a visionary, no matter what, she always was a given person. And she really liked her neighborhood and she wanted to continue to support the people who needed help. And by that itself, she found ways to still be successful and give back to people that couldn't afford her services. She had payment plans. She gave free grooming, uh, free uh, veterinary services. And she was just always given as much as her business was growing. And she, at the time, she was the only black woman in Harlem at that time. And the only grooming, I mean, the only veterinary services in that area and she's been there for over 30 years that's someone that that i i looked up to a lot because i i really was so inspired by her work and, and her love for what she did you know so that whole thing um must have been quite a shock um everybody that's listening she passed away with complications due to coronavirus i just can't imagine how that must have impacted you because it's there's nothing you can do that you can't even, I mean, you can only grieve privately. Yeah. I, I got to a point when I was checking on all my friends and family, and I had her in my Rolodex to call a text. So I reached out to her when I found out, you know, just to see how she's doing during this COVID time. And she told me that she's sick. She started telling me her symptoms. I'm like, oh my God, I think you got it. And she wasn't sure at that time. And she was actually was really improving when she went to the um, to the hospital. She was there for nine days. And then when she came back home from the whole situation, um, unfortunately, um, she collapsed. Uh, so basically, it, it was at a point, because my uncle died too from COVID. And my, 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 my brother got it. And I think I also had it too, injected in the beginning. So it was just, just to see that was, was I, I was down. Like, I literally closed down the shop for like 20 days, and I just kind of took time to figure out how was I going to work through all of this. And it, and, and it was just too much. It was just emotional because it came out of nowhere. Yeah, it still affects me to this day when I think about it. Yeah, I mean, it's the stories that 
I read about and that I hear about, it's, we talked yesterday briefly about our parents' situation, you know, having elderly parents. And I want to talk about what you do on your day off um, with, with seniors and with helping people that are really in need, as well as talking about how you've decided to change, in essence, change your business model for the short term, at least, you know, sort of talk about what you do. I mean, you, you work what, 60, 80, 100 hours a week? I work whenever I wake up. I usually wake up around seven o'clock and I work until the job is done, typically around eight, nine. It's always something that I'm doing. Honestly, I love to work. I've always been a work ethic and I, I work with animals, so it's fun to me. So Yes, you're right. I do anywhere between 100 hours a week. There's always something related to dogs that I'm doing. So in uh, about a year, a year and a half ago, I met an individual that, that, that sent me a, a private message on Facebook. She said that she works with this organization and their job is to help seniors who are at home, but they cannot physically do, uh, you know, the, the basic services, walking their dog or going and get pet food or getting their dog room um, from, 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 from salons. And they were seeing if we can offer grooming services. So I groomed a dog for, for a, one of the, 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 the dogs that was going to go to a senior home. And then I've always kept them in my Rolodex. I'm like, you know what? When I have time, I want to support and help and get back and just offer grooming services. So my business kind of just gone through a spiral of success. We won a grant last year called Love Your Local because I also work with at-risk kids. I, I get them introduced to our uh, pet grooming industry, teach them how to become bathers. And then last year, I won the Covert Achiever grant. I won $20,000 towards my business and advancing what I currently do overall. And part of the $20,000, I needed to find a nonprofit to donate some money to. So I reached out to Paws and I'm like, hey, listen, I love what you guys do for the, for the senior pet parents. And I want to nominate you guys as the, the, um, the nonprofit that I'm going to donate a portion of my uh, my winning. So I donated $5,000 to their organization. We gave them a check in December. So when COVID happened, I was, I was saying to myself is I need to find a way to give back because this has changed a lot of people. And I have a lot of senior pet um, parents in my uh, book of business. But what happened is one of our clients was like, Brian, I no longer live in Harlem. I'm in Australia, but I want to give you a gift card towards your business, but I also want to give you a gift card to those people who are experiencing hardship that may need dog grooming services so you can get for uh, free. So within a month's time, we were able to get close to $2,000 worth of people just giving us money towards helping people who are going through hardship and also buying our gift cards and also getting their dog room because they wanted us to be in the, in the neighborhood. We've been here for 10 years and uh, we, we do so much for the community that, I, you know, I was like, you know what? The best way I can do 
is whenever somebody comes in and they couldn't afford the grooming services, I'll take a portion of this winning, that money that I got for our client. And then from there, I will then tell that pet parent saying that the grooming is on me. So within the last three, four months, I've been able to give away about 12 to 13 free grooming from the, the uh, donation money that I receive from our uh, pet parents. And then I reached out to pause. I'm like, listen, on my Sunday, I would love to just give back in terms of pet parents who need, you know, dog grooming services. So I've been able to partner up with them. And every other Sundays I go, they give me a list of pet parents in the neighborhood. And uh, I'll go in and I'll groom their dogs at no cost. So while all of that was happening, because I'm a multi-level person. I'm always thinking about what am I doing now, what personally I want to get done, and then at the same time, what are my goals? So my, 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 my manager always feels like, Brian, you do too much. You need to cut back. You need to focus on one thing that works. One of my dreams five years ago was to travel around the country and just meet other pet groomers and help out. So I had owned a mobile grooming van. I was like, you know what? I want to take a trip around the country and I'm going to stop in all these different cities and I'm just going to just pull up and, and just groom somebody's dog just because I, I can do that. And then I'll stay there tonight. So I'm also part of a dog grooming group with about 340 um, African-American dog groomers that we all like, we, we give each other advice. We talk about our clients. We, we, we just really focus about the dog grooming itself. And I was like, hey, guys, I'm thinking somewhere in the summertime, I want to just travel to L.A. If you guys want to come along, let me know. I might pick you up in the city. Out of nowhere, we had like 20 people that said, hey, Brian, we want to help you. We Road trip. <laughs> yes. So when they said that, I'm like, okay, this is too big. So I'm like, you know what? Let me post it on my social media page. On, uh, in our social media, we have over 7,000 followers. So I like to just post things. I do stories every day. I'm, when I'm walking to Starbucks, I'm walking a dog, I'm grooming a dog, I'm overnight with a dog, I'm playing with a dog. I'm always doing stories because I want people to see how we offer services because I don't pay for advertising. And my Instagram stories and my Instagram DMs uh, is where I book my appointments. So a lot of people call me through that to get appointments. So when I posted it, out of nowhere, one of our followers was a producer from CNN. And she said, Brian, I love this. I want to do a story on you. I've been following you for a year. And I love puppies. And I love what you do. Can I interview about it? I'm like, cool, why not? So I, then I reached out to one of my good friends who have done tours in the past. I'm like, listen, this lady wants to do a story about me following from here to LA to offer grooming services. And then my Facebook pals are telling me they want to come with me. Can we do a budget for a tour? And it's like, okay, cool. How many people you want to take with you? So we have 20 groomers now. We're hoping to get 50 groomers, but they're all in different cities. So now we're trying to narrow it down. We narrow it down to six cities. The cities we're going to start in New York as a test run. We're going to go to DC. We're going to go to North Carolina. We're going to go to Atlanta. We're going to go to Dallas. And we're going to stop in LA. And in every city, we're going to have 10 locations. And within those 10 locations, 
We're going to have, I mean, 10 groomers in those locations. So we, we created it so that in every city, we'll have 10 groomers that's willing to help. And some groomers are going to go to multiple cities. So we're going to set up with a, with a Black-owned grooming salon or a rescue or a shelter. And we're going to just offer our services for the day. And whoever come by can get their dog room, can get a spa services. For free? And then from one location. For free, no cost. Oh, no wow. Cost. Because there's a lot of people experiencing hardship. So yeah. if we, it makes sense to give back. And when you give back, you get so much more. So then we'll jump to the next city and do the same thing, then jump to the next city and do the same thing. And once we posted it, we just got so much great feedback. And now we're raised about $11,000. Our goal is to raise 83,000 to really do this well. We got two shampoo companies that told us they would give us shampoo for the store. Uh, we just got into uh, another shampoo company that's working with us. And well, hopefully most of the cost of this store is to work supplies, PPP products, making sure that we're safe in terms of insurance, making sure that we can set up properly it's not for profit. We just want to impact close to 500 dogs in the store, 100 dogs per city, because we think that the dogs need relief. Just like how the units got the stimulus check, the dog needs to get room. I saw that you had a celebrity from Insecure post about you, Amanda yeah, Seals. Amanda Seals. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, I started to cry. I had to stop and just sat there because I... And in, in the beginning, I'm like, I've, I've, I've been doubting myself, like, this is so far-fetched. All these people want to come along. I don't have the funding. Like, what the heck? And then it's like, seriously, events started to happen. So when she posted that, and then from there, uh, the CNN article happened, then GoFundMe reached out to us. They said they'll find um, uh, media in the local level. And we just been getting a bunch of stuff. I'm like, no matter what is going to happen even if it's just not the amount of uh, dog rumors that i would get i'm still doing this tour so now the tour is set up for the 27th of july to august 13th and we're just going to do it we're yeah. going to do it funded or underfunded doesn't matter it's, it's it's it turns into a leap of faith you know also being yes. an independent business owner myself there's a point when you just have to you just got to take the risk you know, and I yeah. hope that a higher power will see you through and, you know, uh, what will be will be. You know, when we had talked initially, you said that you were a huge fan of the National Lampoon vacation movies. So this sort of sounds like you're yeah. going to go on a road trip. Yeah. So, so basically, and you know, the crazy thing is I have one of my good friends, she owns a uh, Bowie uh photo shoot is like a dog photographer i'm like listen i want you to put my face on chevy chase uh famous flyer for that movie and i did that and it was a big hit everybody loved it i'm like yes this is exactly what we're doing we're going on a road trip in my mobile van and we're just gonna groom some pops away see america for what america is and just help people you know and we just our ultimate slogan is we want to bring people together through the love of dogs. So that's where we are right now. We want to help anyone who's in need in these cities and 
We want to catch some really good stories and, and just really enjoy the moment. You know, this is a year where everything is just such a monumental thing, especially with all the pandemics that are going on, that everything that we do is has to impact people because everything else has impacted us. So that's what this year is all about. I have to ask you, since I'm the creator of CatCon, I got to ask you if you've ever groomed a cat. Oh, I'm actually a really good cat groomer. I can do a lot with cats. I can groom all types of cats. The pandemic, I, I, I kind of kind of stayed away from me because when they told me the tiger in the Bronx uh, got COVID and, and another cat was found with COVID, I was like, you know what? Maybe this year I'm going to take, you know, some time off from grooming cats. But I love grooming cats. Um, it, I love doing lion cuts. I can do almost anything with a cat. So, yes, I, I, I'm a cat groomer, too. So I think that, you know, what would be really great, too, for our listeners that are nervous, but that, you know, they don't want to take their, their animals out to a groomer just yet, but they want to take care of their animals at home. Can you give some advice and any sort of like 101 to some people that are doing it at home? I'm going to be honest with you. My main advice is wait for your dog groomer. That's my okay. advice. And totally on the reason is this. What I, there's so many different type of pet owners and the level of service and care that they do for their pet. I just, I've seen a lot of TikToks and a lot of viral video of people jacking up their dogs and cats if they try to groom them at home. You don't want to traumatize your pet right now, especially during a pandemic. Because what I've also found that there's a lot of veterinary services that are not open and they're only servicing clients that they have in their book of business. My advice is simple. If you haven't got your dog groomer in a while, please look for a dog groomer. If your dog is in pretty much good shape, doesn't have no mats or no tangles, you know, the best thing you can do is do a full brush out. You can get waterless shampoo, wash the pads, wash the sanitary area, wash the areas that the dog is going to get into a lot, and just try to do properly maintenance by brush out. But I don't want you to use a clipper or shears or scissors to start chopping at your dog or cat, because your dog or cat may not like you after that. You know, to your point about the pandemic, also that they can feel our stress they can it they can pick it up mm -hmm. so if we're stressed out about the pandemic or we can't go out or this is happening or whatever and then we're gonna go at them with scissors or shears that might make them i'm guessing a little bit more tense and freaked out you know i saw that video where you had that matted dog that has like two million views yeah this amazing little doggy that was just matted top to bottom. You couldn't even see the dog. It's, it's sort of like a glamour makeover. It's like a before and after, but you know, and, and we'll, we'll share that. But like, how long did it take to get through that? Because that dog was definitely aggressive in some points. Some form, yes. So uh, um, I edited it down to 15 minutes. It literally took me about six, seven hours. Holy moly! Um, yeah, yeah. So what I like to do is this, right? If I had an issue with a matter dog, I like to bring him in in the morning and I tell the owner that, you know, one way to deal with any dog that may have any aggressions or anything is to give me the whole day to work with it so I can give breaks. This dog was a rescue. This older gentleman 
had this dog. He got it from another person, and he just wanted the dog um, groomed. And in the beginning, as soon as I got the dog, the dog was so afraid and just showed his holy way of kind of survive. It's just still aggression. He was trying to bite me. He didn't want me to touch him. And he was just really acting. And, you know, I'm not afraid of that. I'm an alpha male. Um, I, I, I feel energy uh, between dogs and people. So I just kind of already knew how I needed to work with this pup. So I worked with him for like a good hour and I let him set. I let him just relax. I gave him some treats. I gave him some water. Then I came back. I worked and then I worked on the process. As soon as we did the bath and we started doing the drying, you can almost see his personality change. He started to be more friendly and a lot more happier. And he kissed me a couple of times. Yeah. And he, I felt like he trusted me. So I actually finished the grooming, but I wanted to make sure that the dog looked, you know, good. You know, so I went over the dog one more time to get all of any parts that I missed. And the dog was super happy. And the second time I groomed him, I actually have a, a small clip of how I groomed him the second time. And he was a lot different. So yes, I think dog personality and energy change when they're being properly maintained and groomed. I felt like the dog was happy that I was able to save him from all those mats. But those mats were covering his body and, and really not giving his skin to breathe. So that was amazing. And then one day I just randomly posted on my Facebook page, uh, like 2017. And overnight my phone was just blowing up. I'm like, what the heck is this? And I looked, I'm like, oh my God, people commenting and liking um, this picture. And to this day, um, it's been shared so many times and a lot of people have reached out and kind of edited and made it um, shared on Facebook and all these other platforms. People from Europe that have their own social media are reaching out and they just want me to share, um, ask for permission to share. And it's great, I loved it. And I've actually earned business from that. I've gotten people from New York that come from Queens and uh, Brooklyn and say, hey, I saw your video. And I saw how you handle it. My dog had issues. Um, can you help me? And I've been able to service some pets from all over New York City because of that video. I think that, you know, again, we're talking about how they can feel our stress, but it sounds like they can also feel our respect. Like you brought that dog into this mm -hmm. environment and you're, you're there to be with him and share with him and not hurt him and make him feel at ease. And yeah. I think that that's, that's a huge hurdle. Do you remember that, that scene? I, I mentioned this to some people before in, in um, Jerry Maguire where the little kids like says dogs can smell fear. And I always remember that yeah. because I think about the fact that, um, you know, I can, my animals can tell like if, like I was crying the other day, I was crying when I was talking to you yesterday and my little doggy came up yeah, and was like, what, what, what's going on? They, they want to make you feel better. And I think that's one of the amazing things about these little four-legged beings, you know, dogs and cats specifically that they, their love is unconditional. They don't care if you're short, tall, fat, thin, rich, poor. Um, they, they just, want to be with they you care. they don't care so the name of the event is 
the pandemic pup relief tour, right? Yes. And how much have you raised to date at this point? So we have $11,005. And which is good, we had 246 donors and 232 shares. So people are just reading up and, and finding us and, and donating all amounts from all over the country. And it's great. I mean, it's just amazing that we're, we're getting people who are supporting us. We literally put this up June 6th and people are just supporting us and, and it's growing. And we still need more, we, you know, because um, in order to get this tour started on time, we really need to have a lot of this money raised by July 7th. Um, but no matter what we raise, I'm also investing money into it too. So we're still going to get the tour going and we're going to do our best. And a lot of the groomers are really supporting us. They just want to be part of it. So yeah. I'm happy about that. Do you have any pets of your own? Or are you, you too immersed nope. and have a I'm dog? I'm a dog father of Harlem for a reason. Um, I actually, you know, the crazy thing is I actually live with dogs. So I have a cage-free boarding area. And when people go away, the dogs stay with me. So they have a big old backyard. I can board up to like 30 to 40 dogs. Uh, during the pandemic, I'm only doing three to four all together. So the reason why I don't have a dog is because I like the fact that I can take care of any other person's dog at any time. And it works for me. Um, I tried to have a dog before, and my ex-girlfriend took the dog to me, and I had to pay doggy support. So ever since then, I just decided to take care of other people's dogs. So I, I, I love that. It, it helps a lot just to be able to have different dogs with me all the time. You have a lot of support from the community and on social. What was your reaction? I started to cry. <laughs> I was like, the, the thing about it all, it was, I didn't know how much of a need it was. I thought, I was just, I thought it was this guy that was just doing his this thing, you know, just trying to help people and, and taking a trip. And, you know, when people just kind of looked at it and then they looked at my stories, all the personal private messages, all the emails, all the people reaching out, calling the shop and talking to me, came out of nowhere. And it was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. This is so great that you're doing this. How can we help? So I was really shocked by that because normally, I always thought that if you impact your community, you've done your part. And now we're able to impact a little, little communities all over the country. So it's, it's, it's amazing. So it's shocking. And, 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 and what it makes me feel like, you know, people can come together for the love of pets. And that's amazing. So it, it helps solve some of our pandemic problems that we're having. How did you pick the cities? I understand New York, and I understand LA, sort of the, the, the finale, but like, how'd you pick the cities? Well, I have, like I said, I have uh, 340 uh, Black-owned pet uh, businesses that own their own salons across right. the country. So I wanted to just meet and go hang out to these places that I've never been. And I thought the nation capital is such a big and actual place to go. So I'm like, you know what? Let me go there. And then North Carolina, it just happened that my girlfriend owns a salon in North Carolina. And then I love Atlanta. Atlanta's always been one of the places that I love to go and help people. 
And then Dallas, I've never been to Texas before. So I'm like, you know what? I might as well just go to Dallas. So it wasn't a strategic move. It's just really the places that I, I wanted to go. And, you know, that's the reason why I took that trip. But now everybody's asking me, Brian, when is the next trip? Can you come to Ohio? And I, and I, and I went to school in Ohio, so I definitely want to go there. Can you come to Chicago? Can you come to uh, uh, Memphis? Can you come to St. Louis? Can you come to Seattle? So all these people are just reaching out to me. Can I come to different places? I'm like, yeah, let's finish this tour first, and we can do other cities. But I didn't pick anything. It was just really just finding the best map that gives me the best scenic view and just kind of enjoy a little bit while we do it. Because I also want to see the country. You know, I've, I've yeah. never really traveled across the country before. So. Thank you so much for participating, yeah. Brian. I really appreciate um, everything that you're doing, and I look forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, I definitely would love to meet you too. Thank you so much for reaching out. This means a lot. That's it for this episode of Let's Get For Real, and that was Brian Taylor, better known as the Dog Father of Harlem. Be sure to visit pupreliefstour.com and click the donate button to make a contribution to this amazing tour. You can find Let's Get For Real online and on social at letsgetforreal.com. We want to hear from you and see how you and your pets are doing too. Please email us at hello at letsgetforreal.com. That's let's F-U-R real.com. Also, always, 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 don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Our team includes Avishai Artsy, Roxana Dunlop, and me, Susan Michaels. Stay safe, take care, and give your pets an extra snuggle today. See you later. See you later.